Hi, I'm Emily Salaby, founder of Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company, and your host on the Hazard Girls podcast here on Jacket Media. I'm so honored to host this show where I get to chat with Hazard Girls about their careers. Hazard Girls is an online community for women working in traditionally male-dominated fields. On our show, you'll get to hear from these amazing women about the path that led them to their current careers, challenges they've overcome, advice for other women in entering these industries, and more. Christina Mahler is the founder of Crew Collaborative. She is a motivational construction industry thought leader with over 20 years of experience in team leading, marketing strategy, workforce development, and operations know-how. Christina is also the director of marketing at Griner Construction, based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, And of course, she is also the executive director of Crew Collab, a nationwide construction workforce development nonprofit organization. She's known for her unapologetically passionate writing, calling out the shifts needed in the blue collar industry to support workforce growth. We had Christina on the Hazard Girls podcast in 2020. I can't believe it's been that long. And we're so pleased to welcome her back to hear what she's been up to and get an update on her projects. Hey, Christina. Yay. I'm so happy to be back. How have you been? I'm good. Life is just never slowing down, but I wouldn't have it any other way. We haven't had a chance to like just sit down and chat. So I guess I have to have you on the podcast to do that. Huh? <laughs> You're so busy. Just put it on my calendar and I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, the last time we spoke, Christina, it was 2020. We were right in the middle of a pandemic. People were not doing things in person. It was all on Zoom. And you and your crew ended up getting together in person. People got on planes, people took a trip. So it was something very different. And I think when everyone was looking online and seeing this like amazing, energetic, in-person, inspiring event, I think it called a lot of attention to what you were doing. And Crew Collaborative really kind of was formed out of that. But that's really where we were the last time I spoke to you. You had just had that amazing retreat. It was right before Con Expo and you hadn't even had your board meeting yet, right? So how far has Crew Collaborative come since that time? It's been like two years. So we actually met right before Con Expo in 2020. The group of women connected. That's actually how we got to know each other as we had started a small chat group talking about, oh, let's meet up and have a cocktail. And then it turned into more like discussions about construction and ended up being this amazing retreat that, yeah, we had in the middle of a pandemic because we're completely crazy uh, (laughs) in July of 2020. So we're literally almost exactly two years from then. Mm Mm-hmm. And so it started out as this group of about 12 women. We all got together in Minneapolis because we wanted to talk about the things that we had been discussing kind of online, but we want to dig deeper into it and see if there's something there. Crew originally stood for Construction Retreat Empowering Women, which is a question we get all the time. And sometimes you'll still see it in all capitals because it was originally an acronym. Oh. yeah. And but then we met and what we figured out as a group is that we did not want to be a women in construction group. We see groups like NAWIC and other women's organizations out there and we love what they're doing. But we wanted to do something different. We wanted to not be a group of women standing in a group, a room full of other women talking about supporting women. We wanted to involve our male counterparts. All of us had men who were supporting us and encouraging us and mentoring us in our careers. And we wanted to pull from that energy and really make it more about everybody in construction with a side effect of everybody in construction being more women and minorities joining the industry. And so from there, we became Crew Collaborative. And Crew, we felt, still fit 
because it's a crew, it's construction, it's a group of people with a like-minded view, just trying to push towards a mission. And we started to recruit for our board. And so that original group of women was obviously part of the board. Then we started to recruit. The other 50% of our board was males in the industry who we felt like were allies for this cause of bringing everybody into industry and doing it a little bit differently. So that's kind of where we left off. And from there, it's been an interesting ride. If anybody had told me how much work it would be to do a startup nonprofit during a pandemic and also working a full-time job, I would have probably still done it because I'm crazy, but maybe not. I would have had my eyes open a little bit more. But yeah, it's definitely been interesting for sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Because not only were you starting a nonprofit, but you were doing it at a time when the pandemic was new. It wasn't even like we've been in a pandemic for years. It was, and we, we've got, we know how to do a Zoom call. It was at the point where everything was so new and we were still trying to figure things out with that new reality. So, okay. Well, why don't you give us a little bit of a lowdown on what you all have been working on during this time? Yeah. It's been two years and I'm sure you've accomplished a lot. What would have been your main accomplishments and goals and projects. So when we first launched, we had all these great big ideas and they came out and people were like, wow, this is really great. And then it almost like we went quiet for a while. And I think that reflected poorly on us a little bit, but it was really us taking a step back to establish infrastructure and create processes, which I think is equally as important as putting the ideas out there. And so we had these ideas to start off with. One of them was classroom talks. And so that has been one of our initiatives that was launched officially in the last six months. Toro is our sponsor for Classroom Talks. And what Classroom Talks is, is we put together a group of people, five to 10 presenters, and we zoom in and have a presentation, like a roundtable presentation to a group of high schoolers or middle schoolers or transitioning military. And it will be like people in every different aspect of construction, sales, project management, laborers, heavy equipment managers or operators, field trades, plumbers, carpenters, whatever. And they'll talk to the kids about a day in the life, how they ended up in that job, pros and cons. And then they also are required to talk about their salary so that the kids can know like what they could actually make in a job. And it could be a salary range. But so we have a great database of presenters there that we can pull from as we get the opportunity from schools. And so we've been doing those, you know, now for a few months officially. We're in summer right now. So we're presenting to like boys and girls clubs and summer programs. And it's been going great. And Toro has been a fantastic partner in that. And then our other main initiative is the ambassador program, which is sponsored by Caterpillar. And I mean, we've been very lucky, just side note, to have partners step in. And like even when we were nothing and just sort of like a, an idea, yeah, and they supported us from day one. And it kind of blows my mind that these companies are like, here, take the money. And we trust that you're going to do something because somebody has to. So ambassador program is leadership training for anybody in construction, whether they're a laborer, an operator, or skilled trades, or someone in the C-suite. And what we're doing differently as far as leadership training goes with that, we are teaching them how to speak about construction in a recruiting sense. So going to high schools and talking about what they do and why they love doing it, going to chambers of commerce, talking to rotary clubs, parent groups, whatever, or just talking about construction in a positive manner, like at a neighborhood picnic, like 
being comfortable talking about that. And then we also teach them how to have a presence on social media that's positive and helps to squash the stigmas around construction. I was going to ask you about that. Yes. Because we have a lot of stigmas Mm -hmm. with construction. And that's one of our biggest hurdles is getting out of our own way and speaking correctly as to what the opportunities are here and that it's not just working on job sites. And it's not just dirty jobs in construction. It's literally anything. And it could require a a college degree and it might not, but there's really a space for everybody. And that's the message. So as Crew Collaborative, your main goal has become going really at the source, like to younger people and people just starting out and getting them interested in the construction industry. So you're really all about bringing people into the workforce in this industry. Yep. We definitely about going directly to the kids, but it's as much about teaching our industry that this is our responsibility. Nobody is coming in to rescue the construction industry or change our workforce problems that lies solely on our laps. We made this problem. We made this problem by putting out a stigma that is just not correct. And we made it by not trying to change that more proactively. And so now it's our mess to fix. And so that's what we're trying to do in a proactive way. And what do you think is the stigma? I think it's changing. I really feel like we've made a lot of really great progress here. But, you know, the old school stigma that it's like a white male, you know, sitting in a truck, smoking a cigarette or you know, an unhealthy lifestyle, whatever, or they're not making good money or it's sort of like what you do if you don't have another option out of high school type of thing. So just really starting to look at construction as a desirable industry to go into, like you should be fighting to be part of it as opposed to looking at it as a last resort. And it it seems like you're really taking this a two-fold approach. Like you're going into the schools and you're talking to young people to bring them into the industry. But are you also going to the powers that be and saying, hey, we need to change the perception of our industry so we look more attractive to people? And if so, how are you doing that? A lot of that goes to social media, in my my opinion. You know, on our board, we have several people in their 20s who are working on jobs sites and are passionate about construction, and they don't necessarily represent the stigma that has been with construction historically. And we need to get people like that in front of high schoolers, in front of middle schoolers, in front of parents and counselors, so that they can see this is actually the face of construction. Because once kids and parents can see themselves represented in this industry or see someone who looks like them or acts like them or has priorities like them, then they will start to feel more comfortable with like, okay, this is a viable option. So it's not a magic solution that's going to happen overnight. This is a long-term play. This is something that needs to become ingrained in our industry. And social media is really a great tool to get there. Mm -hmm. And are you also having to convince parents Heck yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I have told this story before and it's one of my favorites and probably one of my smartest moves in a public speaking. (laughs) But I was speaking at a conference as a keynote speaker and it was a room full of men in their 60s, 70s, 50s, that space. You know, I said, okay, let's talk about millennials. What do we not like about millennials? And it's like, oh, they're lazy. They don't want to work. They just want to play video games, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, now, how many of you have kids who are millennials? And like 75% of the audience raises their hand. And I'm like, well, this is your fault. Right. Like, like this is the problem. You're complaining about a generation that you have raised. Right. Like, 
this is our generation that we have raised. And then you also ask the question, how many of you are encouraging your kids to look at construction? And not many of them were, you know, like a very small percentage. And it's like, I want something better for my kids. And it's like, well, that's our responsibility to make the industry better for our kids. So, I mean, it's like, take that and own it and then change it. Let's take action. That's so true. And so how is it going with getting men involved with the organization? Have you been able to recruit a substantial amount of men to be interested in it? Yeah. I mean, I'd I'd say that we usually have more men involved than women. Okay. Well, it makes sense because there are more men in general, right? In the construction industry. Yeah. And I mean, we have fun. Like we are a fun organization. We have a lot of plans to do like some really great events. And because we want this industry to be appealing, we try to make our organization appealing. Like we want to look like, yeah, we're having fun recruiting (laughs) people into industry because it's important. Right. And I think that most men, I would say in construction, see the value of diversifying the workforce. I think the problem has been that they are not necessarily comfortable speaking up about diversifying the workforce. And so encouraging them to, you know, be supportive of the women on your job sites, encourage minorities to feel comfortable taking that job or stepping forward for a leadership role, you know, just being that person who champions the path for other people. That's a big challenge. It's hard to get people who are very comfortable in their position to speak up and step out of that comfort zone when they've never really had to do that in their lives. This is a good segue because I wanted to ask you about some of the writing that you've been doing on social media, on LinkedIn, that gets a lot of attention. And I know in your latest post on LinkedIn, you talked about this, about there were a few different things that you brought up, but the issue of trolls on social media and then seeing that the people who were defending women against these trolls in, around the construction industry were other women. And meanwhile, there are many men that could, are reading it and not commenting, not saying anything, but then privately messaging you and saying, I, I agree with you. <laughs> it's like, thank you, but can you please say that in public? <laughs> so what's the deal with that? I don't know. I mean, I have theories, but like, you know, there's no real solid answer. I just know that you know, when I see someone make a comment, it's not a sword I'm going to die on, like trying to change someone's perspective on women in construction. I'm just going to state the facts like this is how you've misperceived this and, you know, go on with your day and good luck to you. And if you ever want to discuss it further, just reach out to me. But, you know, a lot of women will comment on those like, oh, you know, I agree, blah, 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 and this and that and contribute their perspectives. It's really rare that we get a man doing that, although we do have some really great champions out there. I think like we even know who they are because, you know, like I think like most of us in the industry kind of like know who they are because we appreciate their support so much, but there should be more of them, right? Yeah. And I'll get these messages like from people and it's like, oh, I saw your comment to that guy who made the comment and just wanted to let you know that I don't understand why there's people like that out there. And it's like, I want to be like, yeah, I do say, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. If you ever want to say that publicly, please do. You know, it really it really makes a big impact when it's another man, especially men who are respected in our industry, you know, stepping forward and saying, okay, this is not okay for you to say this. Oh, yeah. It is hard to convince people to step out of that comfort zone when they've never had to do it. But I think the more men that do stand up and start speaking out and saying things, you know, the more we'll, you know, jump on that 
Ben Maggot and do it too, I hope. I'm always pushing people to get out of their comfort zone. I have to give everybody a little bit of grace because it's just kind of like a way of life for me. And I have to understand that not everybody is as quick to step out of that comfort zone as I am. Like I'm just ready to. Yeah. Speaking of like what we were talking about with, you know, someone goes online and they make a, you know, a negative comment about women in construction. And then we have to go and defend the concept of women in construction and everything around it. You know, how much energy should we be putting into that? Is that something that's worth it? Or is it sucking too much of our energy and taking it away from other things? You know, I just had a conversation with Missy Sherber about this, actually this week about the amount of energy we put into the, the opinions of other people and how it can be extremely draining and exhausting, and it can really take a toll on you. If you would asked me this question two years ago, I probably would have been like, I will always take that battle and I will always have that conversation. But after the past two years of my life and just transitions and changes, I've started to realize, and I don't know if it's an age thing, but like other people's opinions don't matter and it's not my job to spend much time changing those. All I can do, especially with crew, is stick to the mission, uh, continue to try to change the minds of young people and try to improve industry. And not everybody is going to like it and not everybody is going to agree with our tactics. And it is not my job to make sure everybody's on board as long as I'm changing like even just one life, you know, it's worth it or changing one opinion or whatever. And it's like with our classroom talks, I just sent out an email this morning, like to the presenters for next week, like, okay, just keep in mind that the kids are going to look bored and most of them are not going to care about what you have to say. But if there's one or two kids in that group who are interested in what you have to say, you could be making a lifelong impact on one person's life, even if nobody else gives a shit. So it's just kind of a matter of whose life can we change today? And who can we just let go of and let them have their own opinions? Christina, you just gave me chills when you said that. That's so true. You could be talking to a whole room of people staring at you blankly. But if you make an impact on one person, it could change the course of someone's life and as an effect of many people's lives. Absolutely. Going back to what we were talking about with social media, I just wanted to ask you if there are women out there who do want to defend others, other women, you know, in this conversation around construction, do you have any tips of how they should be going about doing that, what they should avoid and what they should be doing? I would just pick and choose who you're going to engage with. If there's someone who's extremely toxic, just walk away, just step away from that conversation. I think the best thing that women can do for other women in construction is just to continue to show up, continue to do your job well, continue to have a strong work ethic, continue to be kick-ass moms, you know, and just do what you can to move forward. I just think that we spend so much time spinning our wheels and worrying about changing every single thing and changing the world, right? Like we're, most women are doers, we're multitaskers. Like we just want to make everything better right away. Best way to do that is just to show up with a good attitude and do the work. And I think that most women, especially women working on job sites, that's all they want. Like they do not necessarily want to be singled out or recognized on a daily basis. They just want to be recognized for doing good work as a person, not as a woman like doing good work as a person. You know, that makes me think about something else you mentioned in your recent LinkedIn post, which, you know, they don't, women don't want to be singled out on the website. I mean, women don't want to be singled out on the job site. So why the hell are we allowing construction companies to have pink hats hanging in, in the, you know, in the trailer as a punishment 
for people who forgot their equipment and to represent don't pink hats represent even whether we like it or not represent women or, or, or femininity like how the hell are we allowing this to go on in 2022 can you talk about that a little bit yeah I mean I am historically an anti-pink person so <laughs> I don't like pink either I know, it was like, I, like, I, okay if you do it's okay if you do that yeah. I fully, fully support everybody's ability to choose the color of their hard hat. Yes. <laughs> I have a four-year-old daughter. And when I was pregnant with her and I found out she was a girl, I was like, there will be no pink in my house and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> of course, she loves the color pink and she's a right. <laughs> and she likes to dig in the dirt. So, but I think a lot of people don't even recognize that as wrong, you know, like it's, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're going to put these pink hard hats in the job site trailer. And if anybody forgets theirs, they have to wear one as a punishment. It's like, well, it's just like, I'm not even mad. I'm just sort of like, that is ridiculous. Like that is silly. So just common sense practices. Like I don't think any of these GCs are like out there being like, oh, you know, this is anti-women. They don't put the two parallels together. And that's why it needs to be called out. Right. I don't want to yeah. like well on it forever. I just want to be like, hey, that's not okay. Let's move on from that. I mean, I think it's just part of a larger issue of, you know, it being so ingrained in our culture that it's okay to look down on certain sector of society and, um, you know, like use them as something to mock. I think it's just like so pervasive in our culture. And there's this, have you seen the ad? I think it's, I don't know if it's Dove. Actually, I don't remember what brand it is. It was a very impactful ad where it's all about run like a girl or fight like a girl. And then they show like, they sh they ask children what that means to them and people what that means to them. And they say, demonstrate yourself running like a girl. And it shows like, I think teenagers and above, like sort of running in a silly way. And then they ask little girls like age eight, age nine, run like a girl. What does that mean to you? And they said, it means run as fast as you can. And it shows them being really powerful and strong. And like, I think about that ad a lot because, you know, what it means to be like a girl or feminine is it changes as we get older. And a lot of that is that perception is because of these little things, you know, like a pink hard hat being an insult. Yeah. I love Jennifer Todd, who's a good friend of mine. And if you haven't had her on, you should. And I just asked her to be on. So we'll see what she says. Good. So she's fantastic. And she did like a post a while back that I think went viral about you can do both. And it was just like, you know we can be feminine and we can also be masculine. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I, there's, I do a lot of work at my house. I'm a single mom. Like I have to be the dad. And I don't think that that's a problem. I think as, as long as we are comfortable with who we are, that's fine. Like just do your thing. It doesn't matter. Yeah, so true. Okay. I just wanted to ask you one more thing that you had mentioned, and that was the concept of companies putting women together as a crew. Is this a common practice? And what do you think is the effect of that practice? I think that it needs, I have seen this done as like a marketing thing, you know, like our all female crew type of thing. The only problem I have with that is if you're going to put a crew together to work on a project, it should be because it is the best crew as far as how they work together, not because of their sex. So that's just really like the long and short of it, right? Like it should be the best people to support the other people on the crew and they should all mesh well together. It should have nothing to do with them being a woman or a man. It should be the skill set. And, you know, we had a pretty large company, a international company approach crew asking our opinion on putting together an all-female diesel tech team for a marketing campaign. And I was like, you know, 
the more impactful thing for women in construction or women in tech would be to have them normalize the idea of a woman working on a diesel engine with a man alongside of her. Exactly. You know, show them together. Just make it normal. You don't need to shine a light on it. Just it should be normal. Right. Don't fetishize the idea of women working together and make it like something that's a spectacle, right? Yeah, exactly. Christina, I know you have taken on a new position over the past couple of years with Griner Construction and your career as a marketer has been a long one and you've done so much and you've gotten, you know, so many accolades about around your work in marketing and construction. Can you talk a little bit about your new job and what you're doing there? Yeah. So I was actually over the past couple of years and last time we talked, I was consulting on a national basis and just working with small companies. And, you know, I've mentioned a couple of times, like lots changed in my life in the last couple of years. And my priority is my kids. And I went through a divorce last year or over the past couple of years, and it's been a pretty traumatic one. And what it came down to is I just could no longer travel for my consulting and that inconsistent paycheck that any small business person is aware of, like that kind of like hunting down your money, trying to figure out when you're going to get paid again type of thing. I was making great money, but just I wanted to be able to rely on a check. And I also, you know, as a single mom, I look forward to coming into an office and having a team to work around and having that kind of like parent or not non-parenting time, right? Like we're grown-ups talking to grown-ups. Yeah. Like adult <laughs> time. And so get that. <laughs> I wasn't looking super aggressively, but I was recruited by an industry recruiter to come in and talk to Griner. And literally after meeting the president of Griner, his name is Hans, I was hooked. Like I just was like, this is exactly the company I never knew I needed. <laughs> we have just over 100 employees between 100, 100 million and 200 million revenue each year. So it's a nice size company, but they've been quietly doing business for three generations. And it's my job to kind of up the volume on what we were working on. And they're very open to supporting crew and supporting industry and doing things for DEI, which is diversity and inclusion, which obviously I'm passionate about as well. So just a really great culture matchup for me. And I've just really fit in really well with this team. They're very sarcastic, <laughs> very sweary like me. <laughs> And just kind of a fun workplace. So I honestly have never felt more comfortable in an office environment as I do here. So Well, sounds like a perfect fit and congratulations on that position. That's great. And you mentioned, you know, you've you've gone through a lot of changes this year. You had a divorce and you know, you've been through some shifts. So, and I know you've been mentioning mental health and the idea of the importance of mental health awareness around women in construction. Is that a common theme? Mental health the need for mental health support for women in construction? Yeah, I mean, I think that mental health is important for everybody, right? Men, women, whatever. Everybody should be self-aware of what is happening within your space. For me, it was a huge wake-up call when I was preaching on LinkedIn and social media about getting uncomfortable to change your situation and step out of a bad situation, which we often sit in a bad situation because we're comfortable there, right? Yeah. And so realizing that I was not doing that for myself was a big wake up call. You know, I would go to these talks and speak to people about like, okay, if something in your life is not serving you, or if you are in a situation that is hurtful or toxic, 
you need to step out of it and you need to take care of yourself, right? But then I would go home at night to a toxic environment and just, I hated my home life. A lot of the reasons that I was wanting to travel for consulting, if I'm realistic, is because I needed a break from my home life because I never wanted to leave my kids, but I needed to leave my spouse and take a break from that situation. And so, yeah, I filed for a divorce and it was extremely tough, but I started going to therapy twice a week. And I don't know that it has as much to do with being a woman in construction as much as it's just being a self-aware woman in general, um, or even just the type of woman who's a doer, pushes really hard. I think women like that don't often take a step back to do self-care. And you cannot fill other people's cups if your cup is empty, which I know is a very old saying, but to me, it resonates, it resonates so well. And, you know, since I've gone through that, I've bought my dream house. It was an amazing situation that just never would have happened if I had not put myself as a priority. My kids are thriving. They are healthier than they have ever been. My son has actually been taken out of the special needs program since I went through this, just because the environment at home is so much calmer and healthier. And he is now getting academic awards. Like just the the changes that happen when we are healthy mentally, it is a ripple effect, right? Like as a mom, I'm a better mom, even though I'm stressed out and I could use more money and, you know, all the things, you know, and my days are full from beginning to end. I've never been happier. And so my kids see that and it reflects on their life as well. And I just encourage any woman or man that's in a situation that needs help. Like, don't just run out the door and get divorced. Like, do the work. Like, make sure before you take that leap. But for me, it was time. So, and it needed to happen. And then do the work. Find a therapist who works for you. Talk to someone. Talk to friends. Make sure that people know what you're going through or what you're dealing with. Because nobody is perfect. All of us are fighting a battle every single day. Every single person. I don't care how perfect their life looks. They have a lot of shit going on. Like I've learned anything over the past two years. It's every single person that we interact with every single day is dealing with their own personal shit storm of some sorts. That's so true, Christina. And I feel like we have to try to remember that when we're dealing with people and when we're being impatient or when somebody's impatient with us, it's, there's a lot more always going on behind the, under the surface, beneath the surface. Before we go, is there anything else you want to share? Maybe like something that we can do as an industry to support women and minorities and everyone's mental health in construction or, you know, just something else you'd like to share about Crew Collab? You know, I guess something that's top of mind for me right now, we've been doing a lot of work on our DEI practices, diversity inclusion practices as a company. And I would encourage everybody out there that is working in the construction space or in a spot where they can be really focusing on DEI to make sure that you are taking action that is actually going to create change. Because if you talk to these small companies, these minority businesses, these women-owned businesses, yes, there's opportunity and there's a ton of work for everybody, but are they in a place where they can actually take on the work? Is anybody educating them on the structure of their business and how to grow? Are they being mentored? How can you step up and support these businesses because they need help? And in order to grow and in order to do the work that we need them to do as an industry, we've got to reach down and help pull up these small businesses. And it's not just minority and women-owned businesses. It's all the small businesses. 
they need help. We need them to be out there hiring our future workforce, which we're obviously going to continue to grow and just be good advocates of construction in general. So help the small businesses. That's really good advice for companies, for businesses. And Christina, where can our listeners get in touch with you if they want to ask you a question? So I'm on all of the, well, no, I'm not on TikTok. I'm too old for that. But (laughs) I'm on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. You can find me on there. Connect with me. That's where I do a lot of my writing. And then I'm also on Instagram, which it's Christina underscore Mahler. Hit me up. I love hearing from people. And if you listen to this and you have any insight, I would love to chat. So. Okay, awesome. Well, Christina Mahler, founder of Crew Collaborative and Construction Marketing Guru, thank you so much for joining us again today on the Hazard Girls podcast. We always love talking to you. It's great to catch up. And thank you so much for sharing all of your insights with our listeners. Thank you for having me. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. You have been listening to the Hazard Girls podcast on Jacket Media, sponsored by Juno Jones, the stylish safety boot company. That's junojonesshoes.com. And you can go there to learn about our steel toe boots and to join the Hazard Girls community. I'm your host, Emily Salaby. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.